0: Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, The Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, Longhorn pod at Gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week. Like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who knows the difference between Renee Zellweger and Jay Moore. Cal Carpenter. Cal are you. <laughs> That's
1: M-O-H-R Moore. Like the confidence, man. I I've I have heard people describe the confidence of a, uh, a, a an older Let's just say a Caucasian man of privilege. Uh, and, and Mr. Brando uh, was was that. I mean, just the, to ever walk through life and say something so confidently with, with your whole chest and just be that wrong on national TV. I get why my, my, my guy uh, had to struggle through the next 12 plays trying to justify his mistake When when, I will say... Renee Zellweger and Jay Moore have a slightly different figure. Um, when basically, it, it reminded me of the uh, guess this Pokemon, and it's very clearly Pikachu shape. Uh, like it's like, come on, buddy, <laughs> what, what what do you what do you got here? You, you, you Going Jay Moore, the pride of Verona, New Jersey. Anyways, it's it was not the only
0: thing Brando got wrong on that broadcast. Uh, no, not not at all. I, I was trying to decide what was funnier to me, like him being so confidently wrong about it being Jay Moore. The doubling down um, on, like, Jerry Maguire facts, like, about, like, showing off how much you knew about Jerry Maguire, or going through Jay Moore's filmography for the next, like, seven to ten plays, right? Like, that was the weirdest thing in the world to me. Like, of all of the weird Brando things, like, just what is even going on? Like, Why? Why?
1: Like he he uh, there was a play when when Anthony Cook made an open field tackle on a tight end. There was not another Longhorn anywhere near the play, and he says overshown with the tackle. And then, like clearly, someone in his ear was like, that's yeah, it's not overshown." And he's like, "Well, uh, it looks like Cook was in the tackle overshown there with him." He, like he just couldn't admit, like, "Yeah, I misspoke, right?" Like I said it wrong. He he called, you know, in he called draw plays inside zones. He misdiagnosed pass routes. He called. Consistently, even the player who ended up uh, hurting another player came back from a commercial break to correct himself. Consistently, just just missed, just frustrating. Um, with the like the the host of new talent, right? With your Golics and whether you love them or hate them, RG three, like these guys are coming in and are great. Like I just some of this old guard needs to be put out to pasture. They're just they just Brando's been not great. But I will say, getting him who he doesn't always say nice things about Texas to admit that. Uh, weird that he zeroed in only on the holding call, but that there was a holding call on Bryce Young's uh, missed on Bryce Young's scramble that, that led to the final field goal uh, was, was a win for, for Texas fans, I guess.
0: I mean, we're still at war with Brando based on Sark being the coach at Texas currently and him saying it wasn't going to happen, but we're not here to talk about uh bad announcers. We're here to talk about good football. Uh, Texas mm. took care of West Virginia, 38 to 20 and a lot wider margin than the score actually indicates. Um, Texas led by as much as twenty-eight points in that game, twenty-eight to nothing uh, in the first half, and uh, took their took their foot off the break. Obviously, they only scored ten points in the second half, uh, and I'm fine with that if it's working. <laughs> we'll just talk about that in a little bit. Uh, if it, if the if the strategy is working, I'm fine with it. But uh, they probably could have hung sixty if they tried to like other teams in the conference. Uh, only four drives for Texas in the second half. Very content to uh, run that thing out, and you know the the fourth quarter. I think both teams just wanted to get out of there after what happened to CJ Donaldson. And we're so glad uh, Mm -hmm. that he's okay. He was able to travel with the team and uh, obviously thoughts and prayers. That is the scariest part about football. And you and I are both going to talk about that uh, later on today, but, um, I think at the end, like both teams just wanted to get out of there where Texas was like, we're going to give you everything in front of us. Keep the clock moving. We're going to run the ball, try to get out of here. It's so, I, I I unfortunately had to experience this. It's so weird trying to pick a game back up after somebody gets like carted off and taken off in an ambulance. It's just such a a terrible feeling. and like, nobody wants to be there. So like, I'm fine with them. Just like, just let's just dribble this thing out.
1: Yeah. And the good news is it seems um, positive reports reports in the, at least most of the the most scary possibilities have been ruled out. Just a bad concussion, it seems, which you know, not to minimize a bad concussion. That's that's was definitely a really scary moment. But uh, good news all around that he traveled back with the team. Seems to be seems to be progressing back um, towards playing again, which is great. This game was interesting, Gerald, in that second half, right when you when you say it. Like I've seen some. People complaining. We actually got some folks in the uh, in the live chat after the the show asking, you know, what we thought about the fourth quarter getting outscored, the fourth quarter defense, second half defense. Um, Yes, in the second half they were outscored thirteen ten, but they only had four drives in the second half. They scored on their first, they punted on their second, which featured a uh, a first and thirty right after some penalties, um, and then a sack first and thirty, and then you give up a sack. Um, so a tough little little uh, spin right there, and then they probably go for it on fourth down if it's you know a different game if it's closer you don't have what gerald just talked about kind of the emotion in the room and then uh they kneeled inside the 20 where they very easily could have gotten three if not seven on that final drive so i think you know obviously grains of salt i think you know like gerald always says the real statistical models will throw a lot of that out anyways as pure garbage time so texas um you know won this comfortably actually there was a, a, a net um stat that our, our friend uh stats at uh, Parker does that actually, and it was wild. Said that uh, both UTSA over Middle Tennessee and Texas over West Virginia were bigger beatdowns than TCU over OU, which uh, I don't know that I've seen many beatdowns bigger than what TCU put on OU, but nonetheless, um, Texas did it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And we'll, we'll break down and talk a little bit about how they did it. But Gerald, I wanted to ask one thing that I noticed. Want to see if you uh, if you picked up on this on the first down yardage differential yards per first down play run Texas obviously good West Virginia not so good I'll give you that hint uh, how how wide do you think this yardage differential was between the horns and the ears
0: You went overall or per play?
1: I'll take per play.
0: Um, I'd probably say West Virginia is somewhere in like the three and a half range, and Texas was probably seven.
1: Yeah, it's 5 whole yards per play that Texas was better. It's 3.9 to 8.9. Like it is it is Texas almost getting a first down uh averaging, you know, 90% of a first down on their first down plays and West Virginia getting square in. you know, hope we have a good second down play and, and can put a manageable third down out there, right? It's two very wildly different uh, things. I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of what the offense and defense did, but I just thought that stat jumped out at me. Uh, and of course, Texas had a couple big plays on first downs after they converted, went right to home run plays, which I love the taking shots on first down, which certainly floated that average a bit. But nonetheless, I think that's kind of your, your, your story of the game
0: the overall offensive efficiency from Texas, like 7.4 yards per play. Now that's floated a bit by the fact that Texas had like 13 chunk plays or big plays or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But um, the the offense was moving. The offense was humming. Uh, a couple Again, the offense was moving so well that wide receivers were throwing touchdowns, right? Like that's how well the offense was playing. And there's a little bit of like West Virginia being kind of the cure for the common offense. This year they're just not – they're not a good team this year it's it's I, I love the west virginia folks more than i probably should they're really good people um but overall it just seems like there's a like there i don't know what i mean obviously i think neil browns just out the door like i think that's part of it um it, it's just it's not working so i think some of that has to do with West Virginia just being bad, but Texas was doing everything they needed to do, and we've seen Texas play down to bad teams before. We saw it against UTSA. Not saying UTSA is a bad team, but they're not the UTSA of 2021, right? Like we saw that a couple weeks ago, where Texas played down to them, and so them being able to play consistent and play and get these chunk plays and Hudson Card to really play winning football. And again, people are going to talk about the misses, but he was really, really good.
1: Yeah, and look, Hudson Card is playing winning football. We talked about it immediately after, and that was kind of. Of my first initial takeaway was you just saw a quarterback playing winning football for his team he's gotten better each game as he's gotten healthier and as he's settled into the offense and Sarkis figured out kind of how to call to his strengths you've seen a quarterback getting better and better you saw a guy on his first touchdown uh to Worthy on the out route where he stood in the pocket there was kind of a two blitzers who came and both the pulling guard and Bijan picked up the same guy so it was definitely he was going to take a shot and he stood there and held it for a second so that Worthy could run that really beautiful kind of uh I've heard it called the, the 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 spoon route or whatever they were the you know into out and uh, it takes a second to develop right but card steps you know held braveheart style hold hold knowing he's gonna get hit so that he could throw it um just before the contact came and get a, a pretty wide open worthy who beat his man for the first touchdown also climb the pocket on a deep throw to worthy later on in the game where you know the pocket collapses and in 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 week one or two of card last year of card you see him go down or, or take off to scramble with some happy feet but instead he climbs the pocket eyes downfield sees worthy again if he can if he has enough room there to to really step it or just the natural arm strength to really you know chunk it worthy was 5 yards behind this guy could have had a touchdown but I, again i'm just going to call it an absolute plus and winning play from card to even get that ball out there and get one of those big chunk plays uh that Gerald referenced that's 10 passes over 15 yards that were were thrown in this game i think really like really great performance from from card and um it's the way that we talk about Roshan Johnson making the selfless move to move to running back when the team needed it right i think Hudson Card keeping his head down, not saying anything when he wasn't named the starting quarterback, coming in and playing his butt off, and then you know knowing that probably when Ewers comes back fully healthy, whether that's this week, likely, uh, or, or whenever that is, we'll we'll take a spot and and go right back to being the understudy, ready to come in at a moment's notice. I think. It will, it will affect the way people look at Hudson Card, right? When Gerald declared a while back there will be no Hudson Card slander allowed anymore on this, you know, these, these here Longhorn streets. And I think he's earned that, right? I think Hudson Card has played himself gritty, gutty, you know, just uh, winning. Like I said, playing winning football has earned the respect, absolutely, of the Longhorn faithful.
0: He should. He absolutely should have have your respect. I mean, the guy came in against Alabama on one good leg uh, and almost won the game, and then he came back the next week and won won a game. And um, you know, he played winning football against Texas Tech. There was not his fault. Um, if. If a couple of balls bounce the right way, Hudson Card is uh, undefeated as a uh, starter for Texas in relief. And uh, he's pl- he played really great winning football. He got other receivers involved as well. We have to talk about, obviously, Xavier Worthy um, getting into it. But not only did Xavier Worthy find Jatavian Sanders for a touchdown pass, but so did Hudson Card, right? And I think... One of the questions that I had going into this game and into conference play is, like, Worthy Worthy needed to get started, and we feel like this is probably Worthy's get-started game, but, like, who is going to be the other guy, right? Because Texas can force it to Worthy all day. We saw them try to do that last year, and it didn't work out. And so the fact that Jatavian Sanders is having already one of the best seasons by a tight end since 2011 and we're five games in – is a portent of good things, right? He had had a couple of games where he took a step back. um, And part of that, we talked about it, Hudson Card doesn't always look to the tight end like he should. He doesn't go through his progressions and his reads like he like he could. Um, but the fact that he was able to find him for five receptions, seventy eight yards, and two touchdowns first tight end to have two touchdowns uh, since twenty eleven. I so was like, not only is, is two touchdowns in a game the most since DJ Grant and Blaine Irby both did it in twenty eleven, but he also ties them with three touchdowns as the most <laughs> touchdowns uh, by a Texas tight end since twenty eleven. Next, like record for him or next like high watermark for him is JerMichael Finley. At like 500 yards and five touchdowns. It's so like he, he's pushing um, rarefied air for Texas tight ends, which is a weird thing to say. But like Texas having another, a second legitimate receiving threat as a tight end and oh wait julio billingsley comes back in two weeks guys like they're, they're the offense is going to take an uptick and we'll talk about this more on thursday i don't know if it's going to take a herculean herculean offensive effort to beat ou but having these options are going to bode well as texas continues to go through this conference grind
1: yeah and, and we've talked about it right like Texas fans are are enamored and rightfully so romantically linked to the tight end David Thomas, and all timer, Bo Scaife. Like you know, we've had guys late, like Beck and Swaymer both in the league, right? Like not always the guy, the big play tight end, but just lovable guys. We, we we love a tight end. We want to root for a tight end. Um, and so there's been a lot of hope for Sanders. But you, what you saw Ewers do, um, early in the year, and what you wanted Card to do in those first few games was use that tight end as a safety blanket, which Vince Young did to an absolute aplomb. Uh, in. in in his career, right? Um, But use that tight end to get just, all right, get the ball out of your hands, get a couple yards get to the next play maybe he breaks it and does something sanders had some deep catches but he also had a couple of those and and again to go back to card there was a couple times when he scrambled a bit and you know made the eye contact or, or directed the receiver hey fade this up over that you know back and i'll lob it into you right he did that once to sanders uh, on the sideline like th- these are these are good plays and, and good to have that chemistry and again i hope you or, or card whoever the quarterback is continues to use that uh, i do think sanders can do everything right he blocked well um he caught the kind of deep scene. Pass uh, from from worthy perfectly, but caught uh, four other passes. Well, you can design stuff for him. He would have even bigger stats, right? Again, remember Kool Aid McKinstry pinning both of his arms down to him, which apparently is not pass interference in the end zone. Um, and Ewers actually was was I think trying to get a play too sanders on a on a schemed up uh kind of double action to him on the play he got hurt on um so they they want to get the ball to sanders in the red zone in the field they want to use him and i think you know we'll only see uh him continue to get some numbers this is the pro football focused national team of the week to tavian sanders that we're talking about here i do think jordan whittington also um looked really good in this one blocked well as we've been saying but also had three catches for 58 yards really liked they schemed up a double tight end kind of blocking screen for him. And he showed some acceleration that honestly, I think if it was anyone, you know, anyone but Worthy doing that, it doesn't look real. I mean, he just made the defense where it looked like they had him. All of a sudden, it's a 20-yard gain down the field because he just ate up space. I've only really seen Xavier Worthy have that kind of uh, explosiveness against defenses to make them look like they're running half speed. So uh, hoping Whittington gets some more, gets another breakout. But other than those three, there was seven other catches all by running back. So Sark said uh, that receivers have, have been practicing as well as they have. Kane did get held uh, in the red zone, which would have been a touchdown catch, right? And, and Bijan ran it in for a touchdown the next play. So tough for him, but and it does seem like Kane gets held more than any of our receivers. Um, but, you know, hoping we can get whether it's Uh, jai hall or we can get billingsley when he's back or kane someone uh to step up to help just take the load a little bit off these guys but right now sark is working with the weapons right like get the ball to your playmakers worthy sanders whittington and then of course we'll talk about the running backs are the guys and so I, i don't mind it whatsoever you can play very efficient winning football with those guys
0: yeah, and I think I mean, that's that is what Texas needs to do is just play efficient football, play within yourself, play with the weapons that you have. Um, and Texas has some weapons in the backfield as well. Bijan Robinson uh, kept him on to hit 121 carries for 100 yards in a touchdown. I know it feels like they kept him on to get 100, but it also feels like they put him back out there. Because Tashard Choice was giving him some coaching on his running and his running style, and so they decided to, to lead, let him uh, live that out in the game. Is honestly some of the vibe that I got. Roshan Johnson a, a lower, a slower night for him. Six carries for twenty yards, Uh and he also had two catches for twenty one. The interior of this defense and Texas's ability to get three yards when it needs it is still a concern, especially with Baylor and Oklahoma State, and even OU on the on the horizon. Like. The fact that and I'm pro football focus, you can take it or leave it, like part of their grading system is subjective because they don't actually know what the assignments are, what the calls are on the line. They're just basing it on what they think best case scenario is. But Texas is the number one like graded rushing team and the number or in the Big Twelve, they're the number one graded rushing team and the number 10 graded rush blocking team, according to Pro Football Focus. And so like there is something to be said about the running backs having to do too much work. And this is really where and, and people may have thought we were crazy when we were saying it, but it felt like the injury to Junior Angula was going to have a bigger impact on the offense than Isaiah Nayor. And I think we're seeing the the fruits of that bear out right now. And, and so I'm curious to see, like, you know, Texas has some freshmen in there already. I'm wondering where DJ Campbell's development curve is. I mentioned it post game. I'm going to mention it every week until we see him pretty consistently. Um now, I will say all five-star offensive linemen are different. All bodies are different, right? They're the guys who are um, more ready-made to come in, or you got a guy like DJ Campbell who has a lot of the measurables and the ceiling but still needs to work, especially a DJ Campbell needs to work. Pass pro is probably where they're working with him the most just based on uh, what his off- his high school offense ran. But like I'm curious to see what Texas and what Kyle Flood can do to shore up the inside of the the – that offensive line, because that's gonna kneecap you at some point. And it, it did a little bit against OU. It did a lot against Texas Tech. We saw it. It's part of the reason why Texas has that really ugly loss. It's probably going to look uglier as the year goes. Um that to me is the big question in the running game, in spite of all of Bijan's success.
1: Yeah, you look at their power rushing number, right? Converting when you need two yards or less, they were one for seven, right? You, there, there were there were third down rushing conversions from Bijan, but they were usually um, more than two yards, right? It felt like sometimes the good good rushes, right? And I will say, just to your point in the beginning, keeping him in for a hundred may have been a part of it, but they also pulled him out in the series before that, uh, and in Coach Choice, you know, didn't have to say anything. Bijan was more upset at himself, but held him out. Uh, in that series. And when they went back for one more series, I saw Bijan run with a downhill kind of force, and he instantly made it look like the line was giving him five yards because he was going so hard through holes. And instead of kind of waiting and, and making each guy miss, just went in and said, I'm going to get through you, past you, get to the next level. Um, and so if that ignited something, I'd love that we close out the game with that with a little bit of confidence, and he takes that into OU. Uh, we'll talk about it in our preview, but I think there's a lot. Uh, meat on the bone for for Bijan to just eat uh, against that OU defense Um, but yeah I mean I I think a a good game for him not his, his best game but a good game Roshan a tough game and I think a lot of that is back The line. Roshan could have had some big receiving numbers. There was a card, kind of, they ran that wheel route twice. One time, uh, it it card threw him a little bit to where, you know, Roshan couldn't catch it in stride and just go. Another time, uh, Roshan looked like he was trying to wait for it to hit him in stride and just kind of fell in front of him wide open, or he could have had some green space in front of that one. So they'll they'll work on that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, you know, though it's nice to see Bijan, uh, the second place in the Big 12 in, in most missed tackles force after only the total Texas team, including Bijan. Uh, that's Texas 66, Bijan 40, next team 38, uh, and OU 4th at 36. So um, Bijan is better than every other team in the Big 12 at making people miss. He can do that. I hope he doesn't have to do that, right? Um, we talk about run blocking and what we absolutely missed from Angelou and how that was the strength, and we absolutely... If you look at this team and we'll talk about it on the defensive side as well but the focus of where they, they hurt last year and say they spent all their XP on that this off season it does seem like they said you know what we we didn't pass block very well well they they they're pass blocking better Certainly, pass blocking much better this year. Uh, in fact, Cole Hudson, who's gotten some of the, the fury, was our top graded pass blocker per PFF this week, and Dante Stills is really good, right? You have to keep an eye on him, and he was a lot of times uh, between Hudson and and and, uh, and Banks, and so so good on him. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they they have regressed in the run bug. Obviously, the angle out miss you know miss that a ton. Um, but you know, can they level that out? And then when we switch over to the defensive side of the ball. I don't think anyone, when you talk about the running game for the offense, I don't think anyone on the other side thought that stopping the run would be the strength of this Texas team after what we saw last year.
0: No, and and especially against West Virginia, a team that is likely to run the ball. And we talked about Donaldson and, and his uh, injury, but like he, he also just had a lack of production before that. And so um, the Texas offense got it done; they played winning football. And if they can play winning, if they if they come out and play the same game against uh, OU as they did against West Virginia, then we probably end up with a decent result in Dallas. So moving on to the defense, um, it was a. It was a first-half dominant performance that I think looks worse as you think about how they decided to play the second half. And I'll just say it like that because, again, uh, they were very aggressive. They attacked a lot. They played a lot of press and and kind of kept everything close to them, were very aggressive in the first half. And then I think because of game state and how things were going, they decided to keep West Virginia in front of them. They knew that West Virginia wasn't going to break away from them. The new West Virginia wasn't going to uh, have a ton of yak yardage. So if you keep them in front of them and keep them in the middle of the field, they're going to put together seven, eight-minute scoring drives when they're down four touchdowns. It's a winning solution for the defense if you ask me, Uh, but West Virginia overall 9 of 18 on third downs, 3 of 5 still on fourth down, so something to be concerned about, 30 rushes for 61 yards, uh, for a team that was coming into the game averaging around 200 yards, Jalen Ford continues to be, you and I talked about him in our preseason show, like Jalen Ford, we thought he was going to be a dude, and he is a dude, and then some, he is on pace to uh, exceed Malik Jefferson's massive 100 plus tackle year, and he didn't have a single tackle in game one.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's really great what Ford is doing. It's great what the linebacking cores is, is looking like, you know. And and I, I I hinted at it earlier, but in both the pass and the run game, right? The 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 defensive line gets a lot of credit for the run stops, but thirty rushes for sixty one yards. Uh, you know, to a carry for a team that was close to 200 coming in um, was was a big win, right? I think when when West Virginia couldn't get that and had to rely on the pass and became a little bit one dimensional, they're still a, a dangerous offense, right? Like this is a team that, as bad as their defense has been, um, their offense has won them some games and has kept them in some games because Daniels is a good quarterback and they have three really good receivers. Texas has played multiple teams this year, right? Take take ULM out, and even Tech has above average. Wide receivers, uh, UTSA, one of the best group of five, you know, group of three receivers that you will see, like quite likely the best. Um, and, and so, I mean, then you take this, the three that they came in with. Just, I mean, the wide receivers, just the their, their two biggest receivers um, were averaging two or not averaging, had total two hundred fifty-eight yards after a catch. It looks like you know they maybe like though they're good at jump balls, they're also good at breaking some things and getting, and getting down the field, especially Prather, and it. it was not the case. Texas tackled like Gerald said everything in front of them. Had a plan that said keep it in front. Um and, and it, it is it is not like a little bit. It's not, you know, an accident. It, this is this is notable. This is again spending that XP, right? Last year, uh Texas gave up tw- plays of 20 plus yards on almost 7% of their snaps, 58 out of 864. This year, they've done it on 3.4% of their snaps just to give a little kind of reference alabama's at 3.2 OU's at 4.7 uh uga is at 4.6 4.7 right so it's it's they are right now better than the georgia defense at not giving up big plays right that's that's a big deal that is that is a focus on uh changing something about the identity of a defense and the players executing it so credit to the defensive staff and credit to the players, it did feel like they continued to get a pass rush. They were able to get home Uh probably the least mobile quarterback in the Big 12 for all of his strengths as I sold. Um, they were able to get home a couple times on those. But all in all, it just looked like, again, keep things in front of you and, and the other part of that jump in and break some of those passes up. Seven pass breaks up breakups is exactly what you need when you're playing that kind of bend, don't break, keep it in front of you, let the offense beat themselves. If you can also, you know, when they're running curl routes, step up as as Jameson did so beautifully on a guy who is, you know, Six, seven inches taller than him. Um, in, in Ford Wheaton, he he broke on the little kind of out curl. And at perfect timing, he actually tried to take it, pick six. Um, but I'll call it a, a pass breakup. Um, br- cut in and, and made an NFL cornerback play to either intercept or, or keep that one from being caught. Also did it on a deep ball where he played it just right and, and batted it down. Um, I thought they if that's the evolution, if that's the light that clicked for this defense, then I think that's a really good step because we have done the first part, like don't give up the big play, but we just let people absolutely eat us alive. Uh, 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 what you would say would be a, a much worse quarterback in, in what he's shown in games not against Texas and Donovan Smith than what you saw in in, in Daniels. Now, there were a couple drops, sure, but I, I will really put that the pass breakups were a big deal and a big reason why Texas was able to employ this strategy and and really for the majority of the game, blank West Virginia with it.
0: Yeah, and I think the the other thing that I want to talk about here is a guy that you and I had on our players to watch is Baron Sorrell, right? Um, he only had three tackles, but half of them were sacks. Uh, he had one and a half sacks in a hurry. Uh, he has eclipsed last year's lead, Ben Davis, uh, in five games. So doing much, Texas is doing much better on that front, especially the, the Texas's ratio of uh, pressures to sacks in previous weeks was way out of whack and so the fact that he got home but it's not just that uh, he's now his sitting third in the Big 12 with sacks and hurries but the placement of his of those two sacks or the one and a half sacks he shared one with Overshone, there was a big pickup from West Virginia they were driving and then they pick up a first down He sacks the quarterback on first down, puts him behind the chains, literally ends the drive. They punt. They they are forced to punt. They go three incompletions and punt for that first one, or two incompletions and a punt. Second one, same deal. They're driving. They're putting together a drive. They complete a big, like, 30 or 40-yard first down. Sorrell and overshow meet at the quarterback, take him down. It's now second and 15 three straight incompletions, they turn it over on downs for 4th and 15, Texas takes over. So, it's not just the fact that he got to the quarterback, but it's the fact that it seems like, situationally, Texas is dialing up the pressure, and he and DeMarvin Overshone, to a lesser extent, in this game, uh, were really finding a way to get to the quarterback and affect the passing game. It, it's really easy for guys like Deshaun Jamison to look good or Ryan Watts to look good. When JT Daniels is having to have happy feet in the pocket, when he's having to step up, when he's having to worry about multiple guys coming at his head, where DeMar Over showed us shooting gaps, like a young Lawrence Taylor in some of these plays, (laughs) um, like seeing that from those guys obviously boosts your, the back of your, the back of your defense, right? Because the quarterback is not having time to read. That's part of the reason why last week, Texas tech looked like world beaters because Texas was unable to do that a week ago. Uh, And he had all the time in the world to read the defense. And I'm gonna just let you in on a secret: if wide receivers are running routes for eight seconds, they're going to be open. Regard, they could have the best. They could have the best Hall of Fame. They could have prime, prime time Deion Sanders, and they would get open just because that's how football works. But like. When the pass rush is better, the secondary is better. When the secondary is better, the pass rush is better. It's a recursive relationship. And so seeing not just the offensive defense play complementary football, but seeing those two halves of the whole on defense play complementary football really paid dividends for Texas.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I I have three quick things to add. One the other guy who got a sack and who, who just the way he did it by like just submarining a, a pocket himself, like Moro Ojimo I love what he can do and he, you know, he just gives something different with the way he's built on a defensive line. He missed that tech game. And I, I kind of wonder if he could have given us a little something different uh, in that one. He didn't travel with the team, but glad to see him back and, and contributing. Vern Broughton played a lot as well, which is, which is a good, good thing just to see. Um, the other thing is, is I do want to shine a little bit on, just how good of a season jameson is, is having playing himself into into absolutely uh nfl draft territory depending you know how the season goes where how high that is um but in this one five targets allowed just one catch for eight yards and again was covering six four two hundred twenty five bryce ford whedon um he's the only big 12 corner with at least 19 targets uh on the year who's allowed less than 100 receiving yards he's uh given up 79 through five games only six of those after the catch so even when Jamison is allowing the catch he is doing something that I think has been a knock on him in previous years getting in and making the sure tackle getting the guy down at least wrapping up and holding up till he can get help defense so so really great stuff from Jamison I think Watts has has had some really plus plays he's a he's a the opposite he's a fantastic tackler I want to just see him break up a couple more um, passes but I mean all in all great play uh, from from our defensive backs there Um, and the the just kind of
0: it's amazing that moving the fastest defensive back on the field to the field side of the field rather than the boundary side would pay dividends.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, isn't that something? Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you, you you wonder why it couldn't have happened sooner, um, but whatever, I will take it this year. I will take that. It seems like this defensive staff, like we said earlier, adjusted to what happened game plan differently are, you know, really truly sticking to to a scheme and and I think one game against tech where a, a really wild kind of six for eight on fourth downs and not all these short ones that made it feel like such a different game maybe skewed some fans views of where this team and where this defense was I will put one final kind of data point and maybe a caveat right like maybe the grain of salt that we need before we just drink the kool-aid right uh, or, or salt that kool-aid a little so it's it's not quite so sweet um this what was Kool-Aid at home again. Making? <laughs> no, I'm saying this is if your Kool Aid is sweet, you, you, you you're, you're guzzling it too fast. Maybe a little salt will will be a uh, a tonic there. But th- this game was at home. Texas's defense has been absolutely lights out at home. The one time they've struggled, which I referenced, was the Tech game when they went on the road. They don't have a road game this week. They have a neutral site, but still they're away from the confines of D K R. Um, and then they have some road games, some tough ones coming up on the schedule. So I am absolutely willing to say that this defense is improved they have improved from last year hands down now let's see them improve week to week let's see them take that on the road let's see we said that before the the tech game in our preview like can they take that show on the road um and it it did it did seem like maybe it was a a slight reduction what 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 their best football has been which has been played at home so let's see what they do in
0: dallas couple of quick special teams Rather normal, you know, Burt Auburn. Uh, Texas has a kicker. Good to know. Burt Auburn, one of one for 45 yards uh, to – Again, continue his, his uh, missless streak. I guess uh, Trejo averaged uh, like thirty six and a half yards per punt, which is not great, but he only had to punt twice, so like we're not super worried about that. Uh, all three kickoffs were tackled inside the twenty, so that's a big boost for field position. Uh, pe- relatively sloppy game on the penalty front. These the the refs were weird. It, 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 again, we're not going to yeah. call It's just weird officiating The targeting rules were weird And what is targeting, what isn't targeting I'm still confused on it uh, But Texas had more penalties and more yardage than West Virginia uh, And also lost the time of possession battle But got a W, it's all that matters
1: Yeah, I'll just say the, the, uh, We've had a either roughing or targeting call Each game that's been weird, right? And this one was the roughing on, on Finkley um, That was just a soft Paper soft call Um really bad you know again the the Bryce uh, safety should have been safety call that was a roughing and targeting the overshown targeting which obviously bled into the the tech game it just feels like we've had like a weird one each week and and I, I would like to break that streak that would be nice
0: here's hoping it might not happen against OU so maybe don't hold your breath Podstradamus <laughs> update Kyle and I are still tied heading in to Dallas Kyle
1: Terrell, do you consider fourth down stops as a turnover? Because I, I seem <laughs> to remember the broadcasters saying that if you go for it in your own territory on fourth down, that's a that's a turnover. Ah. If not, if not, I'm okay with a push. I'm okay with a push.
0: We'll we'll uh, we'll adjudicate this one at the end of the year and see how it goes. Much much <laughs> like my uh, sack that should have been, we can call this one. If right. If it's still tied at the end of the year then we both get our our extras or whatever yeah. you call it. Um, well no no
1: no We're right now as it stands we are tied <laughs> 5 for 5 with two extra you two know uh, fe- feathers in my cap two both, both both could affect me positively but I like this I like keeping it close Makes it exciting. Five for five. What did we hit, Joe? Uh,
0: 160 total yards for running backs. One and two. Texas uh, got way past that with with uh, receiving yards included in there. Uh, Texas did not have a turnover. near the West Virginia, so nobody won the turnover battle. I had two different players with a receiving touchdown. We had uh, two different players with two different receiving touchdowns. So that was nice. And I thought Texas would have a return TD, but that did not happen. Even though West Virginia likes to give them up, so we'll be back on Thursday with our full OU preview we're excited for it uh, but Texas has a chance to go 2-1 and one in conference and deliver the knockout blow to the Oklahoma Sooners in one so that is the part of the show where we catch you up with all of the other news going on on campus, and we down the forty, and we, we kick it off with um, some sad news. Uh, player that uh, T- Kyle and I actually got to i we got to see on campus, uh, former All American and, and Texas women's coach Tiffany Jackson passed away Monday. Right, uh, right before we started recording. Um, Three-time All-American, freshman player of the year, one of the greats in the University of Texas basketball history. She was a likely uh, election to the Hall of Honor at some point, Um, but unfortunately, she uh, she passed away on Monday after uh, a seemingly uh, long battle with cancer. Uh, And so, our thoughts and prayers go out to her and uh, her family in this in this time. And uh, man, it's just it like this one hits really hard for me because she was a Favorite of mine, I got to cover her uh, as a player at Texas, and um, it's just it's just I mean, life is fragile, life is short. Uh, go out there and hug your loved ones.
1: Yeah, it, it is tough news. I mean, it doesn't make uh, the loss any more devastating for her friends and family or anyone when you look at her accolades. Um, it's it's devastating no matter what, but it is it is a tough. Lost for the field of basketball i mean she she was a person she'd, she'd come back and coached at ut she was the head coach um and i mean she she had a, a lot of uh basketball ahead of her a long career ahead of her 10 years in the nba and then got back into coaching you she was just kind of starting there but i mean her time in the 40 acres she's an all-time when we have our, our rush more conversation she's uh she's in there a three-time all-american freshman player of the year holds school records for free throws made attempted uh all-time minutes uh per game leader uh the only player ever to record a thousand points thousand rebounds 300 steals and on 150 blocks was a really all-around player um kind of for uh, coach conrad's final years right the last uh, superstar under coach conrad or one of the last uh in her time at, at ut so just a you know a, a really uh, really tough loss for for longhorn nation and like gerald said um let this be just one more reminder to, to hug love text call uh tweet at whatever the people you love and, and tell me you love them that's can't ever do that too many times. So, um, somber news, but uh, uh, a lot of thoughts, prayers, and horns up for uh, Jackson, and her family and all Longhorn Nation tonight.
0: Absolutely, man. Go, go hug, go hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them uh, because this life is short. Uh, four-star wide receiver, uh, former commitment, Jonah Wilson, surprised he decommitted on saturday right before texas kicked off uh was a blow to texas's uh receiving room he was an early grab for brendan marion was having a massive massive senior year so this one uh going to be interesting to see how it works out he said that he felt like he committed too early and wanted to just take a step back and really evaluate and obviously texas is still in things but um man that one that's weird and frustrating. Like I don't think anybody knew it was coming. There were no crystal ball flips. There was no smoke of it on any of the message boards. Just a really weird one to come out of left field.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I saw him after the Alabama game. Didn't talk to him, but saw him as I was walking out. And uh, he just had a had a look in the way he was talking to some other recruits like you know we're we're gonna get him when i'm here like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat bam i just had a i don't know the way he was it it, it didn't look like anything that was a couple weeks ago and it sounds like from all reports the coaches also um had no uh, indication that this was coming which is which is tough of course um everyone should enjoy their their recruitment and uh it, it go through the entire process as much as they want to i don't think he's you know out of the running at texas i don't think anyone should should uh, write him off but uh, we'll wish him success wherever he goes hopefully he gets it figured out and makes his way back to uh, committing to the, the the 40 acres but uh, but yeah i, I very very interesting one we'll, we'll keep an eye on see uh, what else happens not just this but any other recruits in coming days but uh, maybe a big OU win will, will help uh, will, will help everybody feel better
0: Another win that helped us feel better is Texas sweeping Texas Tech and Lubbock on the volleyball court number one Texas volleyball uh, the West the the Lubbock folks were hyping it uh, playing on their basketball court but it turned out that uh wasn't gonna happen for you.
1: Yeah, a, a sweep in front of a Tech Volleyball all-time record crowd of 6,037. Um, it's tough. It's, it's, I, I hate for Tech that all of their records... Our record crowds are when they play Texas. It seems to be what uh, gets their gets their excitement up, um, and and you know hate to see them just get absolutely sweep swept after uh, all of that promotion. Texas' seventh sweep of the season. Madison Skinner uh, kind of carried the team for for large stretches in this one tighter. Season high with 19 kills, hitting uh, five about 5:30, 10 kills in that final set to close it out. Obviously Logan Eggleston also. Does what she does. Uh, Seventeen kills and six digs. Zoe Fleck had a match high, twenty digs in this one.
0: Another big match. You know, after I feel like that that Ku uh, game really, that Ku match really like kind of scared them straight a little bit. And so I'm curious to see uh, how much of a hot knife through butter situation this turns out to be for the rest of conference play speaking of they're hosting TCU at home on Wednesday so look out for that one we'll have more updates for you as it comes number 22 soccer tops Baylor 1 nil improving to 8-1 in 3 overall keeping that unbeaten streak going just an absolute tear from these ladies we're excited to see the development from uh, the young legs
1: yeah, Trini Byers' conference-leading 11th goal came in the 27th minute. She was the fastest player to get her 10th goal uh, last week uh, in a season, so uh, naturally she would get her 11th in the next game, and and you know could be having herself one of the better all-time scoring seasons in, in Texas soccer history. But the the hero may be in this one, and. and don't take anything away from buyers it was a solo goal where she got the ball beat one player got in the box quick shifted in her feet just in a way that few players at the college level really can just beat someone one-on-one and then slot it in the corner just it, it was a it was a you know national team caliber goal and so um good on her but uh savannah madden had a career or season high excuse me nine saves uh in this one and really kept that clean sheet uh and earned every bit of it so uh so good on uh the the sophomore and the super senior
0: next up for texas is thursday at home against kansas state and then kansas on sunday uh also happy birthday to coach kelly congratulations finally 21
1: (laughs) That's Uh, right. We're recording this on Monday. So when it comes out Tuesday, just make sure you add belated to your happy birthday tweets to Coach Kelly.
0: Softball knocks off St. Mary's in the continued beating of fall uh, opponents 8-1 to in 10 innings. Seven different Longhorns had at least one RBI to... Continue their absolute just tear through the fall ball. It feels almost unfair.
1: Yeah, a lot of new names in this one, but it, it it's good to see uh, some, some players contributing in, in, a, in a deep squad. And, and you know, you, you win all your games in spring by preparing in fall. So uh, keep it up.
0: Tennis, the men are headed to Tulsa and the women to Cary, North Carolina to participate in the ITA uh, All-American Championships. That's actually running now and will end on the 9th. We'll obviously have updates for you as well. Keeping at country club, number five women's golf is in Chicago for the Windy City uh, Collegiate Classic. Uh, Currently sitting at 27 over, uh, tied at number 10. The men are tied at seven uh, at four over at the Fort Worth uh, Ben Hogan Collegiate Invitational uh, that will end on Tuesday.
1: Again, uh, that's why you play in the fall to get ready for the spring. Uh, uh, it's back-to-back runner-up finishes for the for the women who would uh, risen to the top 10. Um, they did have a pretty crazy rise the final day in their last tournament. Uh, maybe they can really do something in the last 18, but plus 27 is not a small number. I imagine it must have been windy at the, the Windy City Collegiate Classic, but uh, hopefully they get this one uh, right there.
0: I mean, that would have to be like 20 something under on on the final day of the tournament uh to make a run at the uh the podium but now's the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics big bertha and we bang the drum brought to you by joe ruiz so kyle what are you banging the drum on this week i mean we watched a really great game
1: of football but even in in it um, there was a moment of kind of somberness a respect to the longhorn fans first of all um, it, it seemed that everyone in the stadium had the horns up and and was being respectful to the fact that you know uh, CJ Donaldson was was down injured for for quite a long time um, and obviously that's scary when you cut a player's jersey and pads and, and helmet off to, to, to get him out of there um, in in a lot of actually West Virginia folks on social media have been crediting the Longhorns, right? I think rivalries are great, but humans are are certainly more important. Remember, these are, these are, are not enemies, right? They are, they are human beings on another team. Um, we might hate the the team or losing to that team, but we love the players, but kudos, first of all, to Texas fans. Um, but it just, it felt a little bit like Gerald talked about earlier, kind of the, the pit in your stomach. And I've, I've been at games where there've been serious injuries, um, career-ending injuries even. Um, and and, and it, it, it's hard to continue to play after that because you're also human. And you also look over and see a guy get carted off and think about your own humanity in that moment. And even as fans, as we were watching that and then thinking back to the fact that OU a few hours earlier had Demon Harmon in a, in a scary um, injury in a similar situation. And so, you know, we both come into this uh, week, OU fans and Texas fans having watched that the week before. And, and I mean, it's just a reminder that, football is a f- is is a, is, a, is a is a fun game it's a beautiful game you're looking at offensive schemes against defensive adjustments and wild special teams plays and, and crazy two point conversion sets and the pageantry of college football and the rivalry and the weird quirky things, like it's great and it's it's wonderful and it's perfect and I love it. Um, but it's a violent game and there's a reminder to that. And, and we think about the targeting rules that have been put in place to try to reduce that. Sometimes, you know Gerald and I have said, we don't have any issue with those rules being there. We have issues sometimes with how they're applied in bizarre situations and not in others right you watched uh OU against tcu earlier in that game have a very clear and dangerous targeting on a defenseless player which also should have been a pass interference when a defensive back came early and just unloaded on a tcu wide receiver that went uncalled so it's more the unevenness on how they're called but that all said is just you know take none of it for granted right we, we we've heard participation numbers uh go down and they they change to different things for for youth football and and, it, and it's changing and we're adapting we're doing all the things but just try to appreciate it because um at any given time right these these human beings who are out here playing football uh can have one 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 slip one 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 you know drop of the head and it hits somebody's knee or shoulder or whatever and, and it's It could be career ending, it could knock you out. It could, you know, you could never quite be right. We've had uh, linebackers into Gabriel Floyd and and running backs in in, in Darian Brown who never even made it to campus. and, and. uh, Matt Nader, you know, from from Westlake Lineman a few years ago with a heart thing. Right. Like it's it, um, these human beings are not uh, just how good they are as football players. We love them for that. Um, but also, you know, we, we, we wish them long and healthy and prosperous lives after football. Um, so, you know, enjoy the, the, the football uh, while we have it, while these players have it. Um, but also, again, um, this is why we say we never, uh, ever get upset at a player for making what's the business Decision, do what's right uh, for you and enjoy these players while we we have them and, and always, always root for health on both sides.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a it is a violent game and and the rules in place are there uh, it, with the intent to make it safer. And to be honest with you, without these kinds of rules, I don't know if the game of football in its in and of itself could survive. Uh, because again, you run out of people to play it. And I think, uh, you know, especially like, I'm also a Miami dolphins fan. And so seeing everything that went on with to a tongue of them rushing him back and him getting knocked out on a routine play and being in the fencing position after just a, like routine hit his head on the, on the turf kind of situation, meaning that he was very concussed a week ago and they did not give him ample time to heal. Um, like, there is it's easy to forget that there are humans inside the uniforms and it it's easy to forget that what we are watching is not it, it is and i'm just going to say it, it is modern gladiatorial like battles in the coliseum is what it is it's what we're watching it, and it's tough there, there, there's a lot of reckoning that we have to do with ourselves and reconciling we have to do with ourselves uh for that and so uh there's a lot of conversations to have but overall it is a Violent game. It's a beautiful game. I love sports and what sports teach you. Um, Again, it's just these are people. We have to remember that they are people. Uh, So I'm banging the drum this week on good old-fashioned hatred. If you know, if you're listening to this podcast, then you know it is O U hate week it is oh you hate week and it is um there is I'm, I'm a big fan of parks and rec and um there's an episode where uh jason Mantzoukas is this like um like cologne magnate I think is what he, what he <laughs> does um, but people are protesting outside of uh, outside of his uh, factory and he gets a megaphone and just screams I am fueled by your hatred and that's the fun of this week and that's the fun of college football and that's the fun of college sports it's the rivalries it's these moments where like, Simply because of like geography where you went to school, who you cheer for, and it but it's all meant to be in fun, right? And that's the thing that we have to like remind ourselves is like it can get it can go too far. It has gone too far and it will go too far again. but this is meant to be fun. the rivalry, the jokes about the 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 coach jokes on Thursdays this is my favorite thing about hate week which just come up with random things, the random untrue facts about the opponent's coach just for funsies, right? It's all supposed to be fun in games. It is all supposed to be fun in games. It is not that serious. And again, I'm going to be cheering my heart out. I'm going to be hyped. I will live and die about what happens with those 22 teenagers for 60 minutes on Saturday. It will affect my entire week and probably the rest of the year to boot. But, like, let's not lose sight of the fact that it's supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be a good time. And just enjoy the hate. Enjoy the moment. Relish in it.
1: Gerald, you were, of course, referencing Dennis Feinstein, famous uh, (laughs) Parks and Rec character. Uh, Gosh, there's so many great, uh, like, bit characters. But, yes, like bit characters who who sometimes become heroes in this game it'll be curious to see who steps up and makes the plays for the Longhorns but either way they will become heroes we will cheer them on I still remember Chris Ugminaya's 98 second run uh that, that took forever and and I believe Gerald has opinions on whether he actually got in the end or not he scored we know that he scored um it is it is the start of OU hate week and that is a beautiful thing Gerald I believe was recording this it is 9 17 p.m. does that mean anything to you it means that
0: OU still sucks. That is correct. That is exactly. And that's all the time we've got for you today. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas pre at text you can follow me on twitter i am at gh goodridge follow show on twitter at longhorn pod facebook and instagram the longhorn republic or shoot us an email longhorn republic pod at gmail dot com so we'll be back on thursday with our full ou preview we're excited to do that and so until then hook up
1: start xavier worthy at quarterback you cowards